Hello, this is Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy and international relations graduate programs in the United States. For today, I want to talk about when it makes sense and when it doesn't make sense to go to a policy or IR professional graduate programs and route to a PhD. So this is just to be clear, when you're thinking about getting a PhD, but doing it with a policy or IR professional grad program um, in the middle of it. Um, what this ultimately means is that assuming you end up getting a PhD, you're probably going to end up with three degrees on top of whatever previous degree or degrees you had, which would be your professional master's degree, um, a likely master's as part of your PhD, and then, of course, your PhD itself. Um, I want to highlight that this is a very bizarre topic that I hear a lot about. And I say it's it's bizarre in terms of how I often hear about it because at the end of the day, the percentage of people coming from a policy IR grad program to do this is not that many. In policy programs, it's probably about, um, I heard stats like anywhere from 1% to 5%, uh, depending on school. Um, but yeah, most people don't really fall through going PhD. Now in IR school, I hear about less, but I would say I tag it around like anywhere from 1% to 3%. Uh, now it does happen. And I want to highlight that I couldn't talk about this coherently because as both my professional life and as a policy student, I interacted with PhDs from both the IR and policy space who, um, had no people who, uh, got a PhD uh, and route with a professional degree or did themselves. And you know, I witnessed people thinking about this journey, undergoing this journey, and just want to highlight uh, the reflections that I saw and gotten many times. Uh, I think it's before we go deep in a conversation of when it makes sense and when it doesn't make sense, it's important to highlight two things. One is what PhDs do people actually get from either a uh, professional program? Uh, and then what jobs do they get coming out of it? So let's start with what PhDs people get. It's a little bit different between policy and IR. Uh, for policy, I would say the most common are public policy. Surprise, surprise. Um, then would be economics. Um, so I hear and have sometimes seen sociology. Um, uh, hear and seen education every now and then. Um, I think at a certain point, uh, there are other options, but it's not that common beyond that. And IR, uh, I seen uh, political science. I forgot, policy does political science too. But an IR seen political science and or an IR PhD. Uh, but sometimes there's, there's a security-focused PhD. Um, every now and then, uh, I see an economics-based PhD. Um, but uh, I say that's generally uh, about it for the IR side of the house. All right. And then uh, what are jobs that people get coming out of PhD? And I, you know, for those who uh, do the get a PhD with a professional grad school uh, in the middle, so I want to highlight uh, the key job groups. This isn't this isn't probably not completely exhaustive to cover everything, but I can say it covers a good chunk, probably like eighty nine percent. So first off, I want to highlight uh, tenure track. Tenure track is what's uh, historically the most sought after target prestigious job for those going to PhD. And this is just to teach in academia uh, with tenure. Uh, you guys can Google what tenure is all about in academia. Uh, for the most part, 
this is tied to teaching undergrads, although some do teach grad students, but it's mostly um, the, the market that drives the need for tenure track academics are uh, for undergraduate students. So I think it's important to highlight that this job opportunity is getting harder and harder to attain, even if you went to the best uh, PhD program relevant to your PhD degree. Um, and that has to do with some undergrad realities that's going on right now, um, in the United States at least. So in the U.S., the domestic undergrad population is shrinking. Um, it's just that in the youth uh, that are college age uh, is smaller this year than it was four or five years ago. This has to do with just demographic sizing. Um, so that's one, one, one thing. There, there's also the factor that all of a sudden, uh, I mean, it's not all of a sudden, but of late, men have become disproportionately less interested in undergraduate education than the general population and women. So there's a good chunk of population not getting their undergrad degree uh, or disproportionately not getting their undergrad degree. Then uh, the Chinese international student pipeline is slowing. It used to be some universities use Chinese international students as a backstop to uh, populate their undergrad numbers they couldn't fill with U.S. students. That's not as robust as it used to be. And then lastly, a lot of schools are decreasing funding to humanities and social sciences and favoring hard science. Uh, sometimes it's uh, because of reasons related to how states intend funding. Sometimes it's just business decisions by a uh, university. But ultimately what this means is that um, there's less uh, undergrads for PhDs to attain uh, tenure track positions to teach. And tenure track is getting harder and harder. So... That's something I want to emphasize, and it's important um, because a lot of people think about tenure track positions. It's just really hard to get these days. Um, the next and the other roles getting PhD um, are becoming more and more accepted. In some places, already been accepted, even welcome. Uh, but depending on program, uh, some programs might at least, if not frown them, but look at them less than a tenure track academic position. So uh, let's talk about what they are. There's a working at a research institute. And by research institute, I mean broadly a think tank or a smaller research institute. Usually these are relatively well-respected and very common way for PhDs to go if they don't get tenure track. There is becoming a government subject matter expert. Uh, so this would be for a policy side, like work for office management budget or for uh, the IR side, like work for CIA as a specialist. Uh, working for the Department of Defense as a specialist. Yeah, it's very respected still. Uh, of late, there's been some interesting pivots to business. Um, I've seen PhDs going to consulting, PhDs going to investment banking, sometimes a startup. Um, it's not as common, but it does happen. And uh, it kind of like usually has to be relevant toward, at least in some cases, not all relevant towards the PhD. So for example, if there's a startup is internationally focused, I've seen them think about a PhD focused on international relations stuff. Um, then um, the one, this one that I'm about to say next kind of shocks people when I talk about it, is becoming an instructor or educator in a high school or community college setting. Um, believe it or not, high schools and some community colleges uh, can pay decently okay or well, depending on the location. And they give you relatively stable jobs. And, uh, yeah, 
it's been a viable option. Um, I, I, I actually seen some decently top end, uh, PhDs teach high school, um, because it's relatively low stress. And if it's a private school, if they have lots of kids, there some schools let private schools let the teacher's kids go to the private school. So it's a perk. Okay. Lastly, I want to talk about adjuncts. Um, for some PhD graduates, uh, who don't get tenure track and want, want to stay in academia, they do adjunct teaching. Adjunct teaching, you can just Google it, is really rough. Um, the pay is not that great. You could arguably say a lot of people get overworked and it's, it's just a very tough life. People do it. I know people do it. And yeah, I, I think most people recommend against it, but it's out there and I would say most people don't want to end up as an adjunct, but I hats off to all people who do it because they keep the universities running. Um, all right. So there's that. And let's talk about when it makes sense and when it doesn't make sense uh, to shoot for a PhD with a professional grad program route. So the, the most common way I've seen it make sense is if a person... Uh, has the money to pay for two extra years of schooling and the time to do it, uh, but and and does it to really find out if the PhD is for for them or not. Now through a professional grad program, granted that the curriculum experience is targeted for professional career pathways, you can get really involved in research, which are kind of like similar or connected to what you'd be doing in PhD. And it's a try before you buy situation. Just try it out to see if it's right for you. I will say most people who try it out end up not doing PhD because they realize it's not right for them. But some people try it out and they end up liking it and then go on your PhD. And if it's something you just want to try and if you don't like it, you move on to professional career, then it totally makes sense to go to an IR policy grad program. Um, then the second way it makes sense is that, and I, I see this... Uh, Every now and then, uh, I don't know how honest they are. People are with themselves. But I see this are people who are hundred percent dedicated to do what it takes to get either a tenor track position or a major, uh, top, top end, uh, post PhD job. So these are people who are dedicated towards a going to a top grad school. Uh, like I said before, like, given how competitive tenure track is, you really need, it really helps go to top grad school to like get the tenure track position. Is there, are there people who are quote unquote black swans who make it into a competitive tenure track position who didn't go to top grad school for their PhD degree? Yes, it, hap it happens. But again, the odds are really stacked against that person. Um, so yeah, going to top grad school, just having the pain of dealing with getting published. Um, and then, having an interesting topic and by interesting topic, I don't mean interesting topic for the person or what people think are interesting. It's what's both interesting in terms of what's could be popularly interesting uh, for a mass market, but also can have interest in academic audience. Um, and something usually that involves just a fair amount, maybe a little bit tweaking uh, to make something more easily researched. There's so many research ideas I heard that essentially it's next to impossible research. Either the data is not there or the question is just too, outrageous or whatnot, but, uh, or just not practical to consider research. So 
having a researchable item that which is of popular interest, not something that's been debated for the past 50, 75 years, um, helps. So, and then um, also be open to the range of acceptable career options. Um, again, there's tenure track, but there's other things beyond that. And I think it's important that if someone's dedicated to PhD, they're open towards alternative career options. Um, so a third way where it makes sense is if someone no, absolutely knows they want to have a PhD and they just want to have some professional experience. I, I've seen people like this too, who like at the end of the day, they know they want to do the research and teaching uh, or potential teaching that comes with a PhD, but they also want to have enough diversity in their life to have professional experience, be able to talk to people professionally in the professional side of the house. Uh, and so they get a pol policy or IR grad degree to do that for two or three or four years and then pivot to PhD. Um, then I think it, it, I, it would be remiss if I didn't talk about the age factor. If you're someone straight from undergrad, or if you're less than, we'll just call it 28 years old, um, it definitely makes more sense to, for, for you to consider a PhD than if you're older than 28. Um, let me just count this for you. If you're starting your, um, policy or grad degree at 20 years old, probably graduate around 30. And then by the time you finish your PhD, you'll probably be about 35, 36. And that's just a really rough place to be to really begin your career because you have you know, all that debt potentially, um, but also you know your friends will be in a different place, your peers will be a different place, and your career op options in your journey will be less. So just a rougher place. And a lot of people have, were like, oh my God, I'm 36, 35, and I'm at a place where a 28-year-old is sometimes. Um, now I will say there's some exceptions for maybe government or company sponsored PhDs. That's the case because there are certain pathways that they do want people to go get a PhD later in life. But yeah, but for the most part, I think, uh, it helps to get PhD, uh, when, when you're on the younger side. Um, and then number five, it makes sense if let's just say your life won't be completely wrecked if you leave your PhD midway, um, whether your family situation or you have uh, really monetizable skills in which you fall back on. Uh, and the reason why I say this is because, um, yeah, I, I've, I've seen people who uh, start their PhD and realize pretty quickly they didn't like it and just uh, leave with their master's or two master's if they went to a professional degree previously. Um, and yeah, and also depending on the PhD program, there is a risk of not passing your comprehensive tests. I, I mean, most people never want to talk about it, but within every PhD program, especially in the top programs, there's always a portion of the class that doesn't pass their comprehensive tests. And yeah, um, again, it, it's, it's not like, it's not like a super small minority, like 10, 50% like that. I'm not it's that small. It's usually like from what I heard, again, it varies greatly by program. But one of my friends who went to a decently good economics program was saying that 30% did not pass their comprehensives. So that's a risk to think about. <clears throat> All right. Um, when does it not make sense for someone to be thinking about PhD, uh, with a grad school and route? And I'm, I'm pretty much going to highlight the, the times when people, I saw people interested in PhDs and I don't think they had all their ducks in a row. So first, if a person 
hasn't really identified a PhD connected job in mind, or at least hasn't even developed a plan to think about one. Uh, a lot of times I just see people who are like, hey, I want a PhD because I hear it's something to get, something to do. So why not? Uh, and I don't think that's the smartest, healthiest way to approach it. I think you want to think about PhD and connection to a job or a role or something. Um, so yeah, I think that speaks for itself. Uh, the second is that I have very, very, very strangely, most often, uh, seen that the non, the older students, those older than 28, to be some of the more gun ho people about PhDs. Um, I don't know what it is. I even seen like 40 plus year old students like, hey, I'll get a PhD, uh, and then, you know, have, start my full career in my late 40s. I mean, yeah, more power to you if you can do it. And I mean, I want, I respect everyone's personal decision. But like I said, there's a lot to be said about uh, not having to start your career uh, on your older side of life because it really, uh, you know, your quality of life is something I think it's important to consider about. But yeah, just want to highlight that. Then it really doesn't make sense if you intend to be saddled with debt from undergrad and all the other degrees um, going to PhD. So I think this is a very important conversation. And that is, I am shocked by how many people are willing to get like triple debt to get a PhD. So that's debt from their undergrad, debt from their professional grad program, and debt by their PhD. So I would recommend to most people never do a PhD that's not funded, but you know, um, because the debt adds up. But I'm actually shocked by how many people who even consider doing a PhD that's un that's unfunded, uh, and they have debt on from previous education because compounding interest can be rough. You could just Google like student loan debt and all the issues that would be. But uh, I'll know what it is. But I think a lot of people um, that I meet who talk about it are just attracted to the brand name or thought of doing PhD or thought of research and don't do the math. Again, I don't want anybody to be afraid of doing anything purely because of risk of debt, but I think it's that should something be definitely be taken in mind. And and honestly, if you are taking on so much debt because uh, you're unable to get scholarships for these graduate programs, that might reflect a bigger issue about how competitive you are for jobs coming out of these graduate programs. And that relates to um, your quality of life. All right. Then what also doesn't make sense when people have uh, post-grad school PhD ambitions, but they, for lots of different reasons, uh, might not be shooting for a top-tier PhDs. Um, like I said before, like especially tenant track, but also other things, it really helps to go to a top-tier PhD program. Between It's not just brand, it's about ac access to opportunities, um, tenor track and otherwise, and uh, peers, and just overall, yeah, exit opportunities coming out of the PhD. Um, reasons why I heard why they don't want to go to top PH tier PhD, like I was here saying legitimate ones because you get funding when you go to a non-top tier. That I get, but then... If you're unable to get funding for top tier PhD, I mean, your chances of getting uh, a, the exit opportunity coming out of it 
might not be um might not be there so that's something to think about but like i i have heard reasons for like um attraction to location attraction to faculty that you know and god it's comfortable to know what you be be comfortable with what you know but um at a certain point you know i i think there's a lot to be said about what journey do you want to go on and for the most part uh like the top tier jobs coming out of PhD are, are just more accessible for those coming from out of top tier PhDs. So just want to highlight that. And then lastly is that it doesn't make sense for someone to be interested in PhD route, no matter how they do it, if they're not ready for a long slog of PhDs. So like I said, there's comprehensive tests to weed out people. Those are really rough. There's the, all the thesis stuff and all the research. There's, there's all the grant writing you have to do or research fellowship stuff, so on and so forth. There's a lot of administrative stuff on top of academic stuff. And it's, you know, can be stressful and you're not getting paid. And if you are getting funding, um, you, I'm sorry, you're not getting paid that well. If you are getting fund- funding, it's just a tiny stipend in the grand scheme of things. So, and for, for a long time, just live off a stipend. Yeah, it could be rough. And that's, again, if you get funded. Um, so ultimately, what I recommend to people is like, please don't just say, I want to get a PhD because all of a sudden you woke up and you thought it would be a cool idea. Please really look into it comprehensively, not just through like a, a, a very limited view of like, oh, my relative did this. That's so probably a good idea. Or, uh, oh, I think this topic is cool, so I want to research more into it. So that's why I want to get a PhD. Please, I recommend people look into comprehensively like what fits their life, what fits their interests, what fits your budget, what fits their risk, and also what fits uh, where, what they want to get out in life. Please, please don't be the person that says, oh, I don't care about student debt, and then regret it later on. All right. Hope this is helpful. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Bye.